Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, your home for stories, inspiration, and advice from athletes over 40. I'm your host, Robin Leggett. I'm a later in life athlete who became a roller derby skater in my 30s and a runner and obstacle racer in my 40s. Now I'm an athletic aging coach who helps women over 40 experience the massive life benefits that come with exploring your athletic potential at any age and any fitness background. If that fires you up, keep listening. Let's do this. Welcome to a brand new season of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. I am so excited to be back with new episodes, new theme music, you might have noticed, new interviews, and what I hope is a whole new dose of inspiration for you. I'm kicking off this new season with the remarkable story of Nikki Love. Nikki is a runner and an adventurer who lives for big, bold challenges. So obviously, she's my kind of people. For the last couple months, Nikki has been on a mission to run across the entire distance of Australia on a treadmill. She calls this Treadmill Oz. Nikki made time to talk with me just days before she embarked upon this wild adventure. Be sure to listen all the way to the end as I recently got to chat with her again so she could recap the highs and the lows of Treadmill Oz. Nikki is an example of determination and resilience and is a must listen if you've ever wanted to achieve something really big and really tough. Here's Nikki Love. Hi, Nikki. Hey, how you doing, Robin? I'm great. I'm so happy to have you here. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge on our listeners today? I most certainly am. And I, I know you've got a lot to share today. So um, let's get into it. You are Nikki Love and you are chasing extraordinary. For the last decade or so, you have been living a life of adventure, running across countries and continents around the world. To celebrate your 50th birthday, you ran 63 marathons in 63 days throughout the UK. And in just a couple days, you're about to embark on your next big, highly ambitious adventure, a treadmill run across Oz, where you will run 2,500 miles in 63 days, all on a treadmill. Oh boy, I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> it I, sounds like fun, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like so much fun. Everybody loves running on treadmills, right? <laughs> so is there anything vital, vital personally, professionally, or from your athletic life that you'd like to take a quick moment to fill in? Uh, no, I think you got it all sort of like um, spot on. Okay. And there's a lot to cover. So before we do anything else, I'm going to ask the big question that I ask all my guests. And that is, what is your age at this moment in time? 53 years old. 53 years old and about to run 2,500 miles on a treadmill. Not your average activity for most 53-year-olds, but... Apparently not. Um. <laughs> and you know what? I hope what we get out of this today is maybe we inspire someone who's 53 years old to do something that is ambitious and extraordinary. I hope so. Yes. So let's start from the beginning. Um, when did you get into running? Have you been a runner your whole life? I'm going to say yes, um, but it wasn't my focus. So I ran um, the first really sort of what you call long distance run was um, a, a cross country at school and it was at high school and we were told to go for a run and it was three kilometers and it nearly killed me. But what I also experienced was I lived in Australia and it was sort of like out into paddocks and, and out into the, it, I wouldn't say 
bush, but, you know, it was out into paddocks and it was areas that I'd never been before. And it was in, it, exciting and, and it was an adventure. And um, I really loved it. I came back sweaty. I came back dirty. <laughs> and, and I found out that I, I was not too bad at it. And you're like, I'm sweaty, I'm dirty, and this is exactly where I want to be all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What I love about that is, you know, and this is something that I think will resonate with listeners because I, you know, in the introduction, it's like, yeah, she ran 63 marathons in 63 days and she's going to run 2,500 miles. But that's not where you started. No, 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 not at all. Uh, honestly, that three Ks, um, and and I'd never sort of long done long distances before, and and that is a long distance for what I was thirteen, I think, or something like that. And I just went, you know, like most kids do, and they just run as fast as they can, and then they puff, run out of puff, and they sort of stop, and then it's like, okay, go again. <laughs> so, so that was that was pretty much how I ran my three Ks. It's like as fast as I can, as fast as I can. And, right. and it was just sort of like learning from that point um, that actually <laughs> to pace yourself. To pace yourself. Yeah. And, and, and that was just a, the start of the learning curve from there. It, it was, I loved it and I wanted to see what else I could do, how far I could go. So, you know, from three, it, it built up to five Ks and then it took a long time after that to build up to 10 Ks and it's been a long, slow process. So, you know, marathons didn't come until way later. Yeah. And I have a similar story. I've been running for about 10 years now. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm a later in life athlete. And so I, I think I ran my first 5k in 2012. So it hasn't been 10 years. And I just ran my first marathon in March, uh, days before, (laughs) days before the shutdown, (laughs) the LA marathon on March 7th, we were shut down the next week. Uh, so I squeezed it in, (laughs) but that was my first marathon. And so it does take, I, you know, the process of it, it was, it was a mental challenge. Like I've done, I do Spartan races. I've done an ultra, a Spartan ultra 30 mile, took me 13 hours. And yet running 26.2 miles in four, it, you know, four hours, 40 minutes, I think I did. And that was a mental challenge on pavement. Um, that was definitely like, it was, they say it's more mental than physical. It's definitely physical, but, oh, oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, you know, so, yeah. you know, I, I'd like to say I'll do it again, but the world is telling me it's going to be a little bit. So, you know, so that's okay. Well, certainly a race is going to be a little a while. A race is going to be a little bit, but you're proving yeah, you don't you need to go out and do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's important right now, especially is that we we create our own goals and we don't mm-hmm. have to be tied to an event, an external event. And you are proving that. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to get to that. So uh, when did you, when did you run your first marathon? Right. So, this is my my little bit of a sad story, but it comes it comes good and it ends up with a happy ending. So I attempted my first marathon in two thousand and one. Uh, so I was thirty four, I think thirty four, and I'd just given birth to my my son. He was six months old, and for some strange reason, I decided right, I'm going to go and do a marathon. And I honestly, I didn't train, and yeah, I didn't finish. Um, yeah. So I got that the, those three letters, the DNF, and didn't finish. I got to 19 miles, and stopped, and uh, went home and thought, well, this isn't the story that I want to tell my child. It's not the the um, the finish. You know, of, of what I want to do. I want to be a marathon runner and I want to tell that story to my kid. I entered another marathon when I got home and I trained properly for um, another six months and six months later, it was just about six months later, 
I actually finished one. So that was the start of my marathon career. <laughs> yeah. And it shows your perseverance that you came home from that marathon and immediately went and signed up for another one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some people need time to lick their wounds, but you're, you're focused. And also what I love is that you really wanted to be a role model for your son. Mm-hmm. That, that it's a bigger purpose and it wasn't just about you, but it's, you wanted your son to see you in a certain way. And Mm -hmm. the way that race ended was not the way you want to see it. And so being that role model for your child can be a powerful motivator. It was the the two things is I I wanted to make sure that I had a a happier ending to that story that I could tell him, but it's also to myself was saying, okay, I, I failed, um, but actually I didn't. It, it, to me, it was just another training run. Yeah. And the next one was the, the thing, um, which it was only a training run for the next one. Right. And it's, it's part of your journey. It's part of yeah. what has become a much, much bigger journey. As yeah. it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your, you said this was the start of my marathon career. So I, in 2002, I finished my first marathon, you know, completed a marathon. I then, and that was the London Marathon. So it was a pretty big, iconic uh, marathon, but it was at a time when you could actually book into the marathons or the London Marathon fairly easily. I then attempted or, or booked myself in or, or registered to do it again. It took me another two years before I got a place and I did the London Marathon again. In between time, it didn't occur to me that I could do another type of marathon or, or another race. It was just like the month London marathon. <laughs> so it took two years. I got, I got another place and I, I did it again. It then took another, I think it was another five years before I got another place at the London marathon. I didn't do a marathon in between <laughs> and decided that because it was my third attempt, um, I should try and do something a little bit braver, a little bit harder. It wasn't so much that I wanted to run faster, but I wanted to see how much I was capable of. So the, the third time I made it seven marathons in seven days uh, the seventh one being the London Marathon and yeah gave that a go yeah <laughs> <It was> so, <laughs> so how did that work how did that how did you do the seven marathons in seven days leading up to where did you run when did you run how did that work I, I ran um around home so the the I lived in Leicestershire and Leicestershire had seven boroughs so I chose six boroughs and then the seventh one I got driven down to London so that I could do the London Marathon so it was a different location each day it was just the marathon distance I had people come and join me um at each location and and sort of run for little bits or run for the lot I had people on bikes who also helped me and stuck with me the whole all all through the days yeah it was just making my own thing up it it, it came about because I'd I'd seen the marathon de Sable and it was like seven marathons in seven days and I was like okay yeah that's something I really want to do and then looked at the price of it and went I'm gonna have to come up with something else I'm gonna have to make up my own budget version (laughs) yeah so it was it really was the budget version and I, I put very limited planning into what I should wear. So it was just my shorts and a t-shirt and a pair of trainers. So, you know, it it honestly was simple, cheap, but really (laughs) extreme. And um, yeah, on day eight, I honestly can tell you, I did not move. I could not get out of bed. My body was just broken. I crawled to get to the kitchen to to get food out of the fridge and crawled back to bed. And it took me months to overcome it or to get physically fit again um, from that. Um, 
I learned a whole lot of lessons. I learned or in the process, I was like, okay, well, I've done that. What else am I capable of doing? <laughs> because I <laughs> did what did that unlock something in you? Taking on that adventure? It did, but I, I, I say it, it, it unlocked it, but I also got um, quite a bit of um, the people around me said, right, Nikki, put that away now. You've done seven and seven. Stop being you're crazy. Not, <laughs> yeah, stop being crazy. And, and look at you, you it, it hurts. You're not very good at this stuff. And I'm like, well, actually, no, I had to do it to learn all the things. And, and, and now I've learned all this and all that learning, I'm going to have to put back into it again and try it again. It took another seven years before I was comfortable and confident enough to, to give the next thing a go. So now let's um, talk about the next thing <laughs> because we, we were at seven marathons in seven mm. days. So obviously yeah. you went to like, I don't know, 10 or 12, right? No, yeah, no, no, you didn't do that. <laughs> no, let's talk about no, nine times it. Nine times seven. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about your 50th birthday and the crazy idea you had. Yeah, I I did. I, I had this thing in my head. I'd I'd read these books and 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 it was these people doing these amazing adventures and it was actually an American guy, um, Dean Carnese's, uh-huh. uh, he, he does 50 marathons in 50 days. That yep. was the, the, the sort of like, that was the driver for the first seven in seven. And, you know, I was turning 50 and that book was there and I'm like, oh, I'm turning 50. What am I going to do? It, I, I put everything on, on hold. I'm not sort of being this adventurous, ambitious brave person just give it a go you know so what if it it doesn't work and and that was sort of like the thought processes and ultimately it came down to if I don't do it now when am I going to do it let's go for it at that point uh, when I decided that I was going to sort of like put the 50 uh, marathons in a row on back on the table I looked at uh, the Guinness world record or world records and um, found an article about a woman a British woman who'd run 60 marathons in 60 days and her her record was most consecutive marathon distances by a woman and at that point it was just like well if I'm going to do 50 I may as well do 60 and if I'm going to do 60 I'm going to try and beat it and and then it was that maths equation nine times seven if I'm going to be out on the road for seven days a week uh, you know seven days a week yeah nine sevens are 63 and that was (laughs) how that number popped into my head and that was like, oh, it was time to give it a go. Give it my best You're shot. You're like, I can't not do this. <laughs> exactly. I can't not do it. <laughs> so tell me, what lessons did you take from the seven days to uh, into the yeah. 63 days? There was a lot. I just, I, like I said, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. I put pick locations. Um, so I didn't really put much thought into food, into recovery at the end of the day. I was planning it as I was going along, making sure that I had people sort of come with me. So there wasn't a whole lot of plan to it other than this sort of like, all right, I'm going to run seven marathons. I'm just going to go for a run every day. So yeah, you ran I, that on sheer <laughs> will and determination. And Absolutely. That was it, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and not any actual proper planning or nutrition <laughs> just and you have so, I can tell you have a high level of sheer will and determination but it only <laughs> yeah, takes you so far before it breaks you right <laughs> well I've got to rely on that because I don't have a whole lot of um skills <laughs> 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 so yeah I rely more on the determination and persistence and, and resilience um yes. than, than specific running skills yeah definitely but it also proves that anyone can do it but 
also you should do it smart. <laughs> yeah, it helps if you actually put yeah. a little bit of thought into it. So yes. Um, Tell me about the changes you made. So I realized that I had to slow down to be able to continue for longer. And that was a that was a big thing. Instead of going, right, I'm going to run a marathon, I'm going to run a marathon as I would if I was going to do the London Marathon. That was a silly mistake, the first one. And, and as the seven days went on, my times got slower and slower. When I did my 63s marathons, the times did get slower, but they were a bit more consistent. So that was the first thing. You would start slower. Yeah, I started more slower. More of a long, yeah. slow distance pace than... Say, yes. Yeah, yeah. I had to eat more and I had to not rely on jelly babies, which, <laughs> which is what I thought. I would run seven marathons on. So yeah, there was a bit more thought into the type of food. So I practiced running and eating food and uh, it, it was more not relying on gels or, or um, you know, this, the, 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 sh- the fast um, right. fixes like the jelly babies and all that sort of stuff. It was actually, you know, uh, eating sandwiches. Real food. Um, real food, real food. Yeah. So that, again, sort of slowed me down because I was eating whilst I was running um, or I was walking and just slowing it down, taking it easy, thinking about the, the, the end goal rather than just the, the, the next day right. and um, trying to get a lot more food in. You know, it, it, I still had a lot of learning during the 63 because I didn't eat enough. Um, I lost energy because I lost a lot of weight, but that was mainly because we were traveling. And, and so that became a learning curve as well. So Yeah. Tell me about yeah. that aspect of it. Cause you weren't just running in your neighborhood or you were, yeah, I wanted it to be a, a great big adventure. So it was an, an Australian going on a UK tour. I wanted to see all the sites of the UK um, and, and so that was how I picked out my 63 locations. It was like the most iconic locations throughout the UK. That's where I wanted to run. And, and so I pinpointed all these places. And then it was the logistics of, all right, well, how am I going to get between all these places? All right, I'll buy a van, which I <laughs> picked up two days before. And, and there's a theme here because... Uh, we. <laughs> You like living on the edge. I like living on the edge. And yeah, and... The, the van broke down in the first week, uh, which <laughs> well, then created, you know, created all these other problems of like, all right, I've got to run a marathon a day. I've got a broken van. It was electric. So um, I, I figured we, you know, we, we ended up having to uh, coming up with a plan where I ran in Scotland on my day seven. We slept on the, on the way, the van broke down on the way back to Nottingham, which is a seven hour drive and so we stayed in a lay-by woke up the next morning got um, jump started got the van home and got back at midday then at one o'clock went out I I had a little snooze on the couch at one o'clock I went back out again and ran my marathon number eight and and then sort of like hung around Nottingham getting the van fixed and then went off again and yeah learnt that to have a goal is you have this idea and you, you, you know, you know what the success looks like, but to get there, you have to be quite adaptable and flexible and be willing to, you know, for it not to look the way that you said it was going to look. So, you know, I didn't end up running in 63 different locations. Um, I had to spend a week back in Nottingham running locally, but then we got back on the road again and went to, um, 
other places uh, throughout the UK. But that was being adaptable and saying, all right, it didn't look exactly the way, but that goal of, of running the 63 marathons was ticked off. So Right. So there were some days when you had to run multiple in one day. Right? Oh, no, 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 no. You didn't have um, to do that. Okay. Yeah. So I, I ran one in Scotland, then drove back to Nottingham and then did an, the, the next day ran one in Nottingham. Gotcha. It was just, a, it was later on in the day rather than early on. There was never a day where things happened and you had to miss one. No, no. Yeah, I was curious no. about that. If you had, to be, if you found yourself in a situation where you're like, "Well, crap! Now I got to do two because something <laughs> no, crazy I, happened." I, honestly, I, if if the van had broken down again, I would have just done a marathon wherever I was. Um, yeah. So that that was that was the 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 must do. Um, the must criteria was a marathon a day. Yes. Where it was was wherever was you were. One of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what was the what was the like most exciting or coolest moment from that? So I invited people to come and run with me. And when I had people who had never run a marathon before turn up and knock a marathon out, that was pretty really exciting. Cool. Yeah. It was really exciting. Um, I got to see them finish something that they didn't think they could possibly do. Um, it's such a great it, feeling, right? It is. It is. Yeah. I also got to talk. I, when I came back um, to Nottingham and the plans changed, I also got invited to talk at primary schools, which wasn't on the agenda to start with. And, and that changed uh, or added another purpose behind it because I then started talking at primary schools and I was getting the kids to via the school to, to, get involved, follow me and send me back messages of what they were doing in, in terms of what they believed Chasing Extraordinary was for them and then how they were doing their Chasing Extraordinary at school. And and since then, that they were just watching to start off with, but my adventures since then, they've actually joined me. Um, and and that's now a, a another an added purpose to what I do. It's so great when you can get others to take action. Mm. You know, it's that, that's something that drives me too. It's like for this podcast, I want to inspire people. But when I hear stories of people actually getting out and taking action and doing something they've never done, that's the greater purpose. And it sounds like yeah. you share that greater purpose. Absolutely. Very cool. Um, and then what was maybe the hardest part of the 63 and 63? So I got a, a tummy bug, um, uh, which was really not pleasant. Um, so I won't go into too much no, description. I think we can, we can all figure that out. But, <laughs> but, I, but I, yeah, I, I, when I talk at the schools, I call it a jungle poo. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, that was, that was pretty, yeah, that was pretty tough. Yeah. Um, being 50, I didn't realize also, um, cause we were talking about older adults here, mm -hmm. older athletes here, athletes, so it's a bad <laughs> <term>. <laughs> um, athletes here. I was perimenopausal and didn't realize it until looking back and reflecting on it and, and saying, all right, okay, the, this is the symptoms. This is why this was happening. Oh gosh, this was happening as well. What were you experiencing? Um, what were you experiencing that you didn't realize? The, the, the mood swings were really extreme during those, uh, you know, two months I had three periods really heavy, which was not my normal cycle. The mood swings that came with it um, were quite intense um, and, I imagine and, also that would be hard to determine whether that's yeah. from 
perimenopause or just you're putting yourself oh just just stress. pure yeah pure stress um, but there was also there was also a bit of brain fog so there was a difference between being tired and being brain foggy in that you know the, a couple of times I, I just didn't feel like I was there yeah. you know um, and that again looking back is is a symptom of, of perimenopause um, it, it's now more obvious and I've gone through a lot more of those experiences but this is another reason for doing it which is to find out can I still do this stuff with being in perimenopausal phase of my life mm-hmm. and and how do I improve it or how do I deal with this, this situation and not let it become an obstacle find yeah. ways around it and what you do could help others who are going through a similar phase of time in their life and yeah. how to manage their symptoms when you're putting yeah. yourself through extreme stress like this with managing the symptoms because i a lot of you'll you'll experience a lot of similarities with elevated cortisol and the brain fog that comes from that and yeah. from from the running which probably exacerbated what was already happening yeah 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 which is why your mood swings were probably so extreme yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you finished the 63 and 63. When did that happen? Ooh. It was 63 days. Uh, yeah. So I started on the 27th of August and finished on the 28th or is it 26th? Uh, 28th of October. That was, that was a, a pretty cool day. <laughs> Although I hadn't finished it on the day, I was like, should I go and run another marathon? And, and I, it took a lot of talking me down to actually not go out and run another marathon. So you were ready. Yeah, I was, I, I could have kept going, but it was, it was that sort of thing. Oh, should I, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? Yeah. I, you know, I, I spoke to someone else for the podcast. His name's Kevin Hopp and he ran 70 marathons in 70 days. He's a teacher and he did it on a summer break. And the thing he talked about is when he finished, there's almost like this withdrawal, you know, this, you've been doing this really intense thing for so long. And then it's like, what now? Did you experience a similar feeling? Yeah, I did feel that. It was a bit of a panic of, oh my gosh, I should do this. No, 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 don't do it because you've got plans. You, you know the reason why you've got to stop now. And, um, and, and it was that whole constant conversation going on in my head, like, oh, oh should I, shouldn't I? Um, and, 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 it, and it was almost a bit of a panic. It was like, oh my gosh, what happens next? And then there was a little bit of a, a sort of a down thing. Oh, oh it's over. What, a, you know, oh, yeah, no, what am I going to do? Post, that, that a post-race depression that, yeah, but like yeah. to an extreme level. <laughs> but I did have, um, I, I, I knew it was going to come and I'd spoken to quite a lot of people who'd done things similar to that. And, and they'd said, you know, be aware of this. Um, so the, the thought process while I was doing it was, right, I'll think about the next thing and, and have that in the back of my head saying, all right, this is finishing, but I've got something else here. And uh, so that was the, the, the thought process. It was also a thought process in the lead up to the 63 marathons because the 63 marathons seemed like such a big, scary thing to do. So I kept thinking, well, but there's this thing next, which is bigger, scarier, harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 63 is going to be easy. The next one's harder. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like having that um, thought of, okay, yeah. there is something. So there's always something this. on the horizon. Yeah. yeah. And with the 63, did you get the, the Guinness World Record? It, well, it's, it's still three years and I'm still waiting to see if I have or haven't. Um, we, really? We, we went backwards and forwards a few times um, with uh, criteria. I've resubmitted everything and uh, we'll see. We'll see okay. if, it, if they come back with, um, with 
agree or don't disagree, but right. I, it wasn't the biggest reason for doing it. Right. So, I mean, the, the reason to, for doing it was A, to see whether I could, but also I was raising a lot of money for charity. So that was, that was a... Um, That's you know, a bigger purpose, for sure. Yeah, they couldn't take that away from me. <laughs> yeah, who did you raise money for? For that one, it was Huntington Disease Association, HDA. Very nice, very nice. Mm-hmm. And so you, you've done different charities for different events. Yeah, you've done. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so what was the next big thing? The next big thing was to run across Australia. Um, that was the, the the goal. But the next year, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to run across Australia. So I thought I'd better throw in a training, another training adventure. And I ran around Ireland instead. Um, it was a little <laughs> bit know. cheaper to do. <laughs> just, a little, just a little training run around the entire country of Ireland <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was pretty much the thought process um mm-hmm. try and keep it light and airy and simple as possible it's like yeah it's just another training run right we all have different yeah. versions of that <laughs> 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 but we can all get there and that's what that's that's the point we're trying to get out here is no matter where you are you can get to where you're at if that is what you want it's it's having that um that attitude of of like okay i'm just going to give it a go Mm -hmm. and and what's the worst that can happen is that i go and run and something doesn't work and i have to stop it's not the end of the world i won't um self-combust um you know it ultimately is just a run it's a goal and I want to do my best to achieve it. And I worked really hard and I finished it and I dragged myself around, but it, it, it was perspective as well. So, yeah. 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 Okay. So Australia, let's get back to that. So you, okay. couldn't, <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't go to Australia uh, back in, what was it? 2018? 2018. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, um, obviously you have not let that go. You're like, well, that's the end of that. <laughs> You have not let that go. So So I planned it for 2019 and that didn't happen either. Uh, So so 2019 was setting up and, um, you know, unfortunately, these things do cost a lot of money and I just didn't raise enough money to be able to do it. So I had to say, right, it's going to be 2020. 2020. It's going to be a great year to go to Australia. <laughs> I, I had my flights booked for April, April the 4th. Yeah. Subsequently, <laughs> the world turned upside down yeah. and Australia just um, closed its borders. I left me in the UK. And, um, yeah, I sort of like two years of, of planning and I had to put it on hold again. So that took a little bit of time just to get my head around it um, like, and accept that it wasn't going to happen. In the process of doing that, I actually did a charity event for the, May, for the month of May, which was a, a thing called the Indoor Relay. And I borrowed a treadmill for that so that I could run inside and talk to people and get them to come and join us for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the whole month of May. Um, there was me and, and about 20 other team captains that kept this relay going. But in the process, I spent a lot of time on the treadmill. <laughs> and, and this uh, sort of like idea just popped into my head and said, well, you know what, if you can't get to Australia, um, why not do a lockdown edition of it and actually run the whole distance on a treadmill in Nottingham and call it Treadmill Oz. (laughs) 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 And uh, that's how it came about. (laughs) All right. So 
how many miles are we talking here again? Right. Okay. So I'm going to use round figures, 2,500 miles to run across Australia from Perth to Sydney, about 4,000 kilometers. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's good or take a, a few, um, depending on the route that we end up taking. I haven't been specific because I know that um, the route will change depending on, on things. So it, it's approximately that distance. And it was supposed to be from Perth. Uh, a place called Cottesloe Beach in Perth to Bondi Beach in Sydney. There is a record there. It's um, 18 years old and I was going to attempt to break that record. So instead, I'm going to do not round figures. I'm going to do definitely 2,500 miles mm-hmm. um, on a treadmill and reenact or, or try and... and um, like replicate... Yeah, replicated. How you would have done, how you would have done yeah. the, the run. Yeah, so so it really is a training run. Uh, <laughs> For Australia, because it's going to happen. For Australia, yeah. Yeah, I borrowed a treadmill during the um, indoor relay. Um, I then uh, started asking people or asking companies if they wanted to get involved in this uh, because the treadmill that I've got is um, the guy turned up today and he looked at the treadmill. <laughs> just to be clear, just to be clear, you are starting two days On from Saturday. now. <laughs> like a day, not even two days from now, because you're eight hours ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're starting on Saturday and the mm-hmm. treadmill arrived an hour ago? An hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about living on the edge last minute. We, I, we said we'd come back to that. We yes, yeah. So you just got that treadmill. Just in yep. the- So the guy turned up and he, he came in and he said, so where are we going to put this thing? And I said, well, there's the current treadmill. And he said, you've got to be kidding me. You, there's no way you've been training on that machine. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, but, but Nikki, the, the lid's off. It's being held with gaffer tape. <laughs> That thing would explode (laughs) if you were using it. (laughs) So thankfully that treadmill is now my backup treadmill and we've set the treadmill up um, that they've given me. So really good, powerful, um, ultra distance. Yeah. Yeah. He he said, you're just not going to recognize when you get on this thing. And we've got it set up outside. Uh, So, and I'm going to have a gazebo, put a gazebo. So that's my next job after this is put the gazebo up around the treadmill. You know, the day before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And um, yeah, give that a go. Yeah. So do the math for me or help me with the math. Mm-hmm. How many miles a day or kilometers a day are you going to have to average to make this happen? So the sweet thing, and this is quite serendipitous. Um, and, and, you know, if things line up like this, there's no, re- you, there's no way you can ignore them. Um, I did the measurements from Perth to Sydney and I said, right, how far is it? If I divide that distance by 63, how many days do I, uh, uh, sorry, how much, how many kilometers do I have to run for 63? Because, you know, I'd run at 63 marathons and, and 63 was my lucky number. That seems to be your number. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that if I run from Perth to Sydney, it's 63 kilometers a day for 63 days. How, uh, you can't ignore that. You can't ignore that. So, so that is the goal. Um, so 63 kilometers converts to about was 40 miles a day mm-hmm. or 41 miles a day. So that is the, the goal is to run that per day. Will you be breaking it up throughout the day or trying to knock yeah. it out all at once? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, 
that that's that learning curve um, mm-hmm. of, of how your day goes. Um, so the idea, these are the plans at the point at this point, but obviously um, you got to be adaptable. Yeah. Allowed to be adaptable, but I start at nine o'clock in the morning. I run at six miles an hour and I run, I do five miles in the hour. I come off the machine for a 10 minute break every hour. And after the 15 mile mark, I come off for a half hour break to get more food in and then um, another 15 miles, half an hour break and then finish off the day. So then I'm running from 9am to 6pm every day, seven days a week. Like it's your job. Well, like my job, yeah, <laughs> it pretty much is. Yeah. Yes. Um, if I if I take it as as that's that's what I'm doing, and and don't, I mean, life goes on, and I'm, I'm going to have to sort of deal with things around. But part of the reason why everything is left to the last minute is that I have to make sure that my life and my world is okay, um, so that I can take this sort of nine week out um, and and just fully concentrate on that. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're partnering with uh, charities for this one too? Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the, the charity that I work with now in the UK is uh, Children with Cancer UK. And when I was going to run across Australia, I was going to take um, also a mental health charity. Um, so the, the mental health charity in Australia is called Beyond Blue. But uh, yeah, I'll focus uh, on Children with Cancer UK here for this, this part, this um, treadmill yeah. run. Fantastic. And I mm. saw on your website that people can run with you. That people can run with me. So this is, this is happen. I kind of want to run with you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do. I really yeah. hope you do. So so this is the upside. So always look for opportunities and always try and find the upside of things when things aren't going right. So I, I, I'm not going to get to Australia this year. Maybe next year, I'm hoping. Here's hoping, yeah. We're all hoping. Instead, I get to run on a treadmill. And because I'm here at home, I can use technology. So we are going to um, be filming it um, (laughs) from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And we're using Zoom and we have Zoom meetings. So you can join um, into a Zoom meeting and we're going to share it onto Facebook so people can sort of pop in and pop out throughout the day. I'll, I'll be there. So I do want people to just sort of like, oh, she's running i'll go i'll just go and check on her and make sure yeah. she doesn't float off the back of the trip it's now. like if, you know if you're out on a run yourself <laughs> might as well hop on a zoom and you have a running yeah. buddy instantly like a guaranteed running buddy <laughs> so what <laughs> i what day. i when i did my my marathons um I, that was that was a the, a really cool part of it was that i was able to interact with people people were able to come and run with me um and i wanted that to happen again and i get to tell and hear their story people's stories and i get to share it with other people um and and that is a a really uplifting positive side of of what i'm doing i don't want it to be all about me um i'm just i'm just there my background um like yours is um i I was a fitness instructor pt my job is to lead but to help people come with me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to try and do, replicate on, on, on the run, is get people to come and join me and, and I'll get to tell their story and, and, and ask them what chasing extraordinary means. And it doesn't have to be runners. It can be um, walkers. It can be you can sit down and have a cup of coffee. I'll, I'll do the running part. You can right. come and have a chat just with me. Just be my buddy. Keep me company. Yeah, just be my buddy. Tell, yeah. tell me a little bit more about you and, and tell me what Chasing Extraordinary means to you. And, and that way I get to learn stories and, and I get to share it with, um, with whoever happens to be there <laughs> with the world. Yeah. It's a mutually beneficial situation because you're on a treadmill. That's not the most thrilling thing. 
And it's not <laughs> running across Ireland and running in all these beautiful places in the UK. And now you're, you're on a treadmill. I imagine mentally that could be challenging for you over time. Well, but, yeah. So th- this was another reason for doing it and, and saying, well, it's a training session because when I run across Australia, there is a path. So I, I start in Perth in Western Australia. I get to the Western Australia, South Australia border. And from that point on, or just a little bit beforehand, I go onto a, a road called the Air Highway. The Air Highway is 1,100 miles long. It's one road. <laughs> Through, um, Not thrilling or exciting. It's, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be beautiful, but sure. the scenery doesn't change much. Um, mm-hmm. And it is, it is called the Nullarbor Plain. And, and it is just the same old, same old, get up, run, get down. And, and so this is that whole mental strategy of, um, of, of, of being able to deal with the monotony, um, yeah. deal with this on repeat every day. And at the same time, you get to connect with other people, yeah. hear their stories, get motivated by them, mm-hmm. and that's going to help you pass the time as well. That's going to make the time go so much faster. Yep. So on my website, I do have a Calendly system booking, booking system. And if anybody wants to join me, then please do. And, um, you know, I'm going to be there for two months. So <laughs> you can come back multiple times. Yeah, I can. You, know, you can make a standing weekly date, whatever you want to do. I'm definitely yeah. going to take a look at that calendar. And if you're running, Excellent. Time, with my running times, we're going to run together. So Excellent. I would love to do that. Uh, so you start Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying this at the time of recording. This is going to air probably sometime during your run. <laughs> so uh, okay, cool. it's likely, I don't know if I'll be able to squeeze this out so uh, that quickly, but it'll likely be airing while you're on your run. So of course I'll give progress updates, um, cool. you know, at the end of this podcast. But uh, actually, I was going to think of a question and then I got another one. Um, let's talk about age for a quick second. So mm-hmm. you're 53, right? Yep, yep. What age-based considerations are you taking into this? What have you learned? You know, we, we talked a little bit about menopause, but what have you learned mm. about yourself and the aging process that you are taking into these this particular challenge and challenges like this? So at one point I, I would say, I used to say that age doesn't matter, but um, I've, I've kind of had to tweak that a little bit because I, there's no way around it. I am going through menopause and that's an age thing and um, I, I, it's a process I have to go through. So I have to accept that, but I don't have to let it define me or stop me. So that's the other thing is that um, I know I'll come out of it at, um, you know, it's a process, it's a phase, I'll come out of it. Um, and I want to be um, the person at 93 that you interviewed mm-hmm. doing my thing. Um, and I know that I will age and I will probably get slower, but my, what I term extraordinary, will be extraordinary for that time of my life, my, that, that phase of my life. And when I talk to other people about their extraordinary, it's whatever they're at if they are trying to push themselves a little bit further so it's just that whole thing of being understanding that you're a continual work in progress um that you are going to age and and accept it and and say well i'm still going to do what i can do and and see what i'm capable of doing and not say age is a thing like or i've got to put my slippers on and and um and that's the end of me it's not yeah I like to say that age is not a limit or a barrier on what you can accomplish. 
Yeah. That's that's kind of one of the taglines of the show. And so you're a living example of that, that, <laughs> that, a, that age is not a limit. I don't like to say age is just a number. I actually like to say age is an asset because we take in our whole life experience into mm. what we do in our life. And that matters. Um, oh, yeah. So what life experience are you, do you do you have that you're bringing into this adventure now? So, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and actually, I, I think the age is a superpower because I have got to this point and I've gone through so many experiences, highs, lows, um, happiness, sadness, those things. Um, when I'm having a tough time in, in my running, I look back and, and I, I look back with pride that I've got to here. So um, that, that reminds me that I'm capable of persevering, of um, being resilient, um, of of happiness and sadness and I will get through this and and all of those experiences I I, I use when I'm having a tough time yeah yeah it's mm. so important and and it's and it's so valuable to bring mm. in the highs and the lows of our lives and and the wisdom we've gained yeah to then push ourselves to challenge ourselves to to go beyond our comfort zones because we can and like you said you don't have to put on your slippers and call it a day. There's so much we can do. And what I also like about what you said is that it's different for everybody. Chasing yeah. extraordinary is different for everybody. And you don't need, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm never going to be like her. You don't have to be like, you don't have to be like Nikki. But what no. does that mean for you to chase extraordinary in your life? That's what you should do. Mm. What does chasing extraordinary mean for you? I want to see what I'm capable of. So I sort of have set the bar here and I've, I've, you know, I worked hard to get it to there. Once I'm there, I'm like, okay, can I, am I capable of more? What if I set it up here? Can I do the work to get to that mm -hmm. point? And it, I use it in my running. I use it in my business. Um, I, I use it everywhere. Um, it's just giving yourself just that little bit of a, okay, I want to try and get to there. I'm going to do my best to do that. So it's the next, it's leveling up, but it always believing that you're capable of more. Yeah. Always continually raising that bar and then trusting yeah. yourself to reach that bar. Mm -hmm. And what would a lot be, of hard work. It's, yeah, it's not easy. And that's why a lot of people don't do it, but it's, what comes from hitting that bar? What has come from hitting that bar and reaching for new high bars? What has that done for you and your life beyond just the running? It's definitely pride. And, and that's, that's um, such a good thing. It's, it's teaching me my self-love um, because to do all this stuff, I have to love myself because I can't sort of knock myself about um, to, uh, to, and expect my body to, to achieve what I'm, I'm putting it through. So it's that um, self-love. And then there is this external thing of, of like, well, I can do this, but I can also bring people along and then watching people and encouraging people and cheering people on to do their thing. I've got this platform where I'm allowed, uh, you know, I've, I've got these opportunities to do this. And yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. To make it bigger than you. Yeah. To make it bigger yeah. than you and help others mm -hmm. see that these rewards in themselves, see that these mm. greater purposes in themselves. What's your greatest piece of advice that you could give for someone to chase their extraordinary? We all start somewhere and 
don't be afraid to, I'm going to use this word fail, but it's not the right word. Don't be afraid to give it a go. And it might not work the first time round, but if you want it, then you'll keep learning from what you did and make it better the next time and the next yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Which you proved you, that was yeah. the very first marathon. Look what has happened since. <laughs> you let that stop you. Your whole life would have looked a lot different, mm-hmm. but it's true. And I actually like to, I like to steer people away from fearing the word failure because failure is a part of life. We all absolutely yeah. those failures, but don't let that stop you. Like that, mm. that's a part of the experience. Uh, yeah. You can't have success without experiencing some failure along the way. And so mm. I always like to encourage people to not like that's not a fail is not a four letter word. I like to say. Yeah, no, it's that's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And OK, so you're starting Saturday and mm-hmm. um, well, I don't want to hold you about much longer. <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you forever, but like, I know you got things to do. So before I let you go, um, how can people learn more about you? <laughs> so on my website, it's nikkilove.co.uk. I'm also on the social medias um, as Nikki Love Runs. That's Instagram and Twitter. I'm not so good at Twitter, but um, yeah. <laughs> I'm still, that's where I call You don't have to do all the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah on facebook actually on facebook uh, you'll find me as nicola love um i use my formal name <laughs> you're so fancy <laughs> <laughs> before i let you go i ask this of all my guests mm-hmm. uh do you have one parting piece of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners today trust yourself i like it trust yourself mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people don't a lot of people second guess or say I can't or I could never. And I'm sure there's people listening to this that they're saying I could never do this. But if you just. There's a lot of voices around. Yeah, voices. there's a lot of voices around. And I mean, I was told that I couldn't do this, uh, you know, given all the good reasons why, um, not specifically this treadmill. I've done enough ventures now that pe- when I, I think say people I'm are trusting this, you now. People just go, oh, yes. You've earned your reputation. <laughs> yeah. But when I first started, it was like, no, I don't think you can. That's their opinion and it's their barriers that they're talking about. If you think you can, go for it. Yeah. And don't let their barriers create your own barriers. No. Because that happens too, where it's like you hear it enough and then that's all, then you you think that's the way. Don't let other people's barriers create your own barriers and don't set up barriers for yourself that are unnecessary. Trust yourself. Love it. Love it. Nikki, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's a busy, crazy time in your life right now. And you got a lot to prepare for. I got for, a gazebo to make. You got a because you got to make a gazebo on top of everything else. But I appreciate you taking the time. This was very last minute. I reached out to you literally the moment I woke up today at 5.30 in the morning. And I was like, there's no way she's going to get back to me. And you were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it today. Let's go. So, <laughs> that's, and it's just indicative of how you roll. So, um, so that's, an, that's another tip is just take the opportunities when they come up because they're yeah. always there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, say, yes, say yes to things. Yeah. Uh, as long as you have the, the, the capacity and, and the bandwidth mm. to do so. Um, <laughs> thank you for, thank you for saying yes. I w- it would have been much harder for me to do this while you were running, but I bet you would have anyway. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you for, for being on the season athlete, and I can't wait to follow your journey. Oh, thank you. 
So I'm back with Nikki, and the last time we talked, it was, I think, beginning of August. It was the day before you started your epic Treadmill Oz adventure. Can you give me a quick recap of uh, how it went and really what we're going to talk about is what happened? Okay, so um, I was going to... Originally, I was going to run across Australia and it was from Perth to Sydney. I couldn't get that done. So instead, I decided to do it on a treadmill. I didn't own a treadmill. The treadmill arrived on the Thursday night and I started on the Saturday morning. So without any practice or training on a treadmill, I decided that I was going to run 2,500 miles in, um, in an attempt in 63 days, replicating what I was going to do in Australia. Turns out... Running on a treadmill is excessively hard, totally different <laughs> to running outside and extremely boring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, that was the big thing about this whole adventure. You know, you had originally planned to run outside. That was always going to be the plan was you were going to literally run across Australia and then COVID happened and you weren't able to get there or do that. So this was going to be an alternative. But I, I know the difference between running outside and running on a treadmill. It is... <laughs> It is different. And for those of us who really enjoy running outside, like you said, it's boring. <laughs> Extremely boring. Extremely <laughs> boring. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to downplay how boring it actually is. I mean, I know some people love it. I'm not one of them. And it sounds like you're not one of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So extremely boring. So that made it, I'm guessing, infinitely harder mentally. It yeah, so there was a couple of things that happened. So I started outside. I, I, I thought, right, it's just going to be boring, but I can make it as pleasant as possible. So I started outside. I had a gazebo set up. Again, we set that up all the day before. Um, and in the first week, there was a lot of tweaking and a lot of making sure that everything worked outside and everything like that. It started off okay. I could see nature i could see people walking past me um so i walk i, I live nearby a, a very popular dog walking area lots of paths and that was all great uh then the weather kind of took over and um we had a heat wave now living in the uk we don't have a lot of hot weather and they classed it as a tropical heat wave meaning that it stayed um excessively hot well excessively hot is is a, a british term um, i think it was above 20 degrees or something <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> which is I, I i'd have to check the fahrenheit uh translation i think it's above 70 or 80 what is uh, yeah yeah okay. something like that that's, that's, that's not, hot to not... be outside running on a treadmill that's hot well i, I mean it, it got up to in the in the high 30s mid 30s um outside and then with me being in the in the um gazebo that kind of added an extra sort of heat layer because i didn't have a, it was all covered um on on the roof i had the, the thing open the sides open but yeah that was that was um there was a, a few days in that stretch. I think it, it lasted, I don't know, just short of a week, maybe six days. Um, so that was yet another thing that I was trying to get used to running on a treadmill. Then this heat wave came and sort of sideswiped me. And then, um, like British weather does, uh, it changed and the storms came. 
Catch <laughs> 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 <a> break. <laughs> and, um, and and the wind came uh, with the storms, and uh, the winds came flying through and broke my gazebo, and and that was kind of in the third week. Uh, so it really was a baptism of fire. <laughs> Nothing happening on the treadmill. I mean, the treadmill was as boring as boring. <laughs> but things going the elements around, around you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of staying outside, I moved. Oh, and and with the the, the storm came the rain as well. Um, and the gazebo wasn't waterproof, so I had to put tarpaulin over the top, and that just be, made it become a a, a, a a hot box. It was a sa- so, sauna. You're running so, in a sauna now. So yeah, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than stay outside, and my gazebo had broken anyway. So, um, and it was it was being held together by gaffer tape and rope, and you know, did, did the whole MacGyver thing on this right. on this gazebo to stay outside. Finally, gave up and said, "Right, we have to take the treadmill inside." And then that level of visuals and boredom uh, sort of like grew because um, I had the wall to look at. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> I put the treadmill next to the window so I could look out the window. But other than that, I then looked forward and I was staring at my walls. Um, nice walls in, in <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you're looking at them, but, but not when you're staring at them for um, six to seven hours of the day and uh, trying to knock out as much mileage as I could. I was trying to go for uh, 60 kilometres a day. That didn't happen. I tried for um, 40, uh, you know, a marathon distance, uh, 42 kilometres or 26 miles. So it averaged around about 40 kilometres. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, that was uh, tedious. Um, yeah. And... And there was many, many days during that 42 days that I wanted to give up. It, it was just mind, uh, mentally hard. I had some physically, um, cha- physical challenges as well. Having not been used to running on a treadmill, my legs swelled um, really excessively in the first week. Um, I threw something else into the mix, which is, you know, in hindsight, I, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I decided to take HRT. Um, and I started on the Wednesday before I started <laughs> the treadmill running on the Saturday. Uh, and uh, that um, threw in a few extra bits and pieces because I didn't, um, I, in the, in the first, in the second week, I thought I was, I had motion sickness um, from the treadmill mm. and I was treating myself with motion sickness. I was like buying sea sickness tablets, um, taking uh, um, antacid things just to sort of like. Uh, and just trying out, to maintain that equilibrium and balance. Yes, trying really the, hard. Yeah. Um, it ended up being cyclical. So it, it, it was there for about five days and then it just disappeared. Uh, it came back around in my next cycle of, of um, HRT patches. Um, so I've, I've actually equated it now to it's actually a, a, a side effect that I'm having with the um, HRT. So, uh, <laughs> um, so that was it. Also added to the to the mix. Um, the uh, the upside, and I, you know, you always have to look at the upside of these things. Is that it was a test run. I wanted to see whether how I was feeling. What I'd try and replicate a little bit of, of what's going to happen in Australia. I am going to run on some yeah. really um, long, monotonous roads, and I am going to be taking. Uh, I am in uh, perimenopause, and and. I do need to take something, um, HRT, whether I have to jig this, what I'm currently taking. And it was uh, a test run to see 
what's going to happen and yeah. I, I can now make adjustments and yeah. all that sort of it's stuff. just the timing of you know taking on this big big adventure and starting home run replacement you know it might have been easier if you weren't doing this at this time right like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know a little trial by fire seems to be your jam so yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the injury let's let's talk about it uh what happened there Okay, so I was aware that I had um, a little bit of, I've had a few niggles as I'd gone along, little pains here and there, you know, with my mental thing is somebody had taught me tapping. So I was like tapping my head, tapping my, you know, the places that you're supposed to tap. Right. Sometimes you um, can make it go away, right? Like sometimes. And and everything went away up to Mm -hmm. that point. Um, And I noticed, um, so, so this was on, on Fridays when the injury happened, um, probably two days before that, I noticed that my foot was starting to ache and I had a little bit of swelling across the bridge of my foot. And I was thinking, okay, what, what's this, um, trying to think of what it possibly is. I always had this in my head and, and I was taking notice of it is that, that running on the treadmill is so repetitive. There's very little variation. And I was figuring, well, my, my feet aren't moving my trainers because they don't have to. There's nothing, nothing challenging them on the treadmill. I, I mean, I could watch TV. I could, um, you know, totally tune out practically. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was just keep putting one foot in front of the other. So I was thinking, all right, it's, it's repetition. It's okay. I'll deal with it. I'll ice it. I'll try and, you know, move my feet around in my, my trainer. I'll make sure that I'm doing ankle rolls and, and really stretching everything out. It got worse the next day. I kept thinking, it's, it's okay. I'll, you know, tap away and, and <laughs> tap it'll, away it'll, pain. Yeah, it'll, it'll <laughs> settle down. It'll settle down. And I was running really well. So everything else had come together. I'd just gone through this nauseous phase. I had six days of, of feeling totally nauseous, managed to run through that. I'd come out of that and was into the, you know, the next phase and uh, running really strong. Well, I thought I was running really strong. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, I was running along and something went ping. I had to grab the, the treadmill, tried to work out how to turn the treadmill off because... Oh, <laughs> that's terrifying, like, oh. right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hopping along and the treadmill's mm. going and I'm sort of like, oh, because I was also in a little bit of a daze. Um, I'd done 40 kilometres that day um, already and I would, I'd sort of got off, I'd stretched, I'd come back on again, ready to, to try and knock out another 10, 15 k's for the day. And, um, yeah, and it just went ping and managed to, to get off the treadmill, to stop the treadmill, get off and uh, hobbled to the, the couch that I was nearby, stood up and fell back down again because mm. of the, the, the searing pain, crawled over to the fridge, grabbed some ice, an ice pack, uh, sat with that on it for a little while and did a few uh, sort of like manipulations and, and it seemed to help. But in hindsight, what I might have done was um, I, I was concerned that I couldn't move my big toe and that uh, this, this whole, um, if, I, if I say that's my big toe, right. the whole tendon had started to bruise and, and I had a red spot um, at, at the knuckle and at, at the, the bridge of the, the foot and sort of heading up into my um, shin. And I was thinking, oh, okay, this is a tendon, runs up there. It's my big toe tendon. That's not good. <laughs> not good. Yeah, if you can't feel it, right? If you can't move it. Yeah. <laughs> so iced it, raised it, and sort of just tried to 
get my thoughts together. What I'd done possibly in the manipulation was it turns out it wasn't the big toe um, that was aggravated, um, but it was the second toe. <laughs> and, and the tendon, I think I might have actually, when I was doing the manipulation, I've either sort of just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's snapped off or, or, you know, it's come away. Well, the pain's oh, but it's not attached anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean... Here's the thing. Yeah, you might have done it in the manipulation, but it sounds like it was hanging on by a thread at that point, you know, so it it was bound to happen. It's, it's, it's it's weird to think it's like, did I do that? Just trying to give myself some manual therapy, but like it it was going to happen. It sounds like. So you, you know, at the time of recording this particular conversation, I saw, I think it was yesterday you officially announced that you were done. Right. So, um, and I know that must have been really tough to, yeah, yeah. to make that call, but you know, you've got to do what's right for yes. your body. Yeah. Um, and then today I watched, you went on and shared some of your stats, what you, <gasps> yeah. what you did accomplish. So I actually wrote all of them down. Oh, did you? Okay, did. cool. <laughs> um, so I just kind of quickly want to go through them because, you know, I know it, it must be tough to, you know, you had your goal. You wanted to run across Australia. Obviously that's not going to happen this time it wasn't meant to be for whatever reason but it's I mean what you did accomplish (laughs) is pretty astounding and the fact that you did it on a treadmill but I'm just going to run through them really quickly and correct me if I'm wrong on anything uh so your total mileage uh well if we go kilometers it's 1675 kilometers or 1040 miles in 42 days which I think averages about 25 miles a day ish um, on a treadmill with the elements, the craziness, staring at your wall when you had to get out of the elements. I mean, if, if anyone listening can imagine getting on a treadmill and running for 25 miles a day, like to me, that's nutso. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Calories burned, mm. 117,872 yeah. calories burned. I, like, again, so hard to wrap my brain around that. Um, your steps, over 2 million tracked and time on the treadmill 258 hours 38 minutes 18 seconds on a treadmill yeah that's a long time isn't it that's a long time (laughs) on a treadmill um and and you were raising money throughout all of this for um children's cancer what was the exact was the exact charity children's with cancer uk is is what the charity's called money is still coming in so i am still tallying it all up but it's it's somewhere around the two and a half thousand pounds mark um but yeah money money is still coming in so and i've had lots of pledges as well so i'm going around chasing all of that money (laughs) now that i got this time i'm chasing the money there's nowhere to hide now you you told me I was really busy. I was really busy for a while, but I'm I'm not so much. So, um, and I just did a quick translation for our American audience. That's over $3,000 that, uh, and counting and going up and people can still donate, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How can people donate? So the best way to to donate is going to my website. It's nikkilove.co.uk. And there is a great big donate um, button right on the front page, right at the very top. Now, the reason, um, so I I had a lot of followers in Australia and I was a little bit concerned that people would think, oh, it's a UK uh, charity. But this charity does so much research into treatment for children, which is so different to treatment for adults. Um, And the research that they are doing here um, is shared um, all around the world. And and they are one of the leaders in the the whole research 
um, for kinder, softer way of treating children with cancer. So um, if you are thinking about uh, donating and you're in America and you think it's a UK um, charity, uh, I promise you will get the benefits of it. Um, yes. so. And it's so, so important. What, what you just said about treating children differently with cancer yeah. um, is so important. So it's, it's an amazing cause. And you can, people can still donate, so please do. Um, so one last thing before we go. Um, actually, I'm going to ask you two questions. One is, what is the biggest thing you learned from this experience? That I am, my, my mindset is stronger than I give myself credit for. Like I said, there was many days when I wanted to give up, um, and I, I said that I couldn't do any more, but I kept turning up, and it turned out that I, it wasn't because of the physical side of it. It was just in here. It's like, you know, it got tough, it got hard, and it was boring. But um, if I'd given up at any point earlier, I would have been really not happy with myself. And yeah, I know that I gave it my best. Yes. And you ran until you physically couldn't anymore. Yeah. Your yeah. body was the thing that was going to tell you not to run, not your mind. And you, mm -hmm. and you even explained, it's like, this is incredibly boring. It is not mentally engaging. <laughs> the mind wants to do like 8,000 other things than this, but you showed up every single day to do it until your mm -hmm. body was like, this is not happening anymore. And that's, yeah. that's the thing. Like, it's going to tell you when it's time to stop. Right. And sometimes even yeah. the mind you were saying, it's like, I want to keep doing this if I can, but mm until you came to the realization that it's just, it's not meant to be at least this. And I, and something you said in your Facebook live is, or your Instagram live is like, I might rename this treadmill 1000, right? Because uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you can say you accomplished your goal. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it is all, uh, it, it, I know I don't need to, and I don't need to change anything because, you know, it, ultimately I didn't achieve what I'd set out to do. So I can't change that fact, right. but I can re I can frame everything to make sure that I feel good. Um, I'm, um, I, I got something out of this. Um, and I really did, and I don't have to reframe it and call it that, but, um, it does sort of have a nice twist on it. A, a nice, a, a nice feeling is, is like an underlying, it was a, it was a good goal yeah. or it was a good milestone. Right. Um, you hit that 1000 mile mark and it, yeah. you, can, you can feel good having crossed that threshold, right? Yeah. 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 So my second question is, do you have something in mind for what's next? Yeah. <laughs> are you willing to share that? Or are you keeping that to yourself right now? Um, I've been told not to, but I'm going to anyway, because, you know, <laughs> um, so I do want to go to Australia. Australia is always um, going to be on, on the cards, but uh, depending on how long the foot takes. And I, I, I can imagine it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a serious injury, but it's, um, it's something that I can address and, and fix. And I trust um, the people that is going to, that are going to rehab me. It all goes to plan. Um, and I, I, you know, maybe take a couple of months to do the rehab. Um, I will, <laughs> there's, um, the canal system in, um, the UK is approximately 2000 miles of canal. I wanted to do this and it was on the list. Um, and then I, I, I bumped Australia up. So, um, I, when I ran my 63 marathons in the UK, I did run 
quite a lot of the canal system um, and I said I wanted to go back and, and run it. So um, that looks like that might be the interim adventure before Australia because um, it's really pleasant. It's, it's home, it's local. Uh, mm -hmm. I will travel around the UK, but it's also pathways that um, – Will keep me out of the way of people so, <laughs> so it, it's an adventure that I can do without being too around people but um, it's also something that people can come and join me because that was another thing is that um, I didn't realize how much I would miss people coming and actually running with me um, yeah. and yeah I, I do miss that so if we can work out ways of, of people coming and joining me um, for bits and pieces then um, that's that's the um, that's the next one I think yeah. <laughs> unless of course Australia opens up and and and, and everything is, is hunky-dory in the world which I doubt right right <laughs> Well, um, one way or another, you know, hopefully you'll have time to heal your foot so that, yeah, you know, yeah. when you're able to take on this next adventure, your body will be ready for it. Yeah. And it sounds like it will be more mentally engaging than staring at a wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You lost two toenails. Two toenails. Gross, yeah, so but normal for this type <laughs> of thing. Actually, only two toenails is pretty impressive for this. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you come to that, if you, for that many miles, only two toenails, I'm, I'm impressed. So way to take care of your toenails. <laughs> oh, well, Nikki, you know, I know this didn't go the way you wanted it to go, but you still, this was an amazing accomplishment. Uh, a thousand plus miles in, in 42 days is nothing to sneeze at. So, <laughs> so congratulations on what you accomplished. And I look forward to seeing you take on that canal system and eventually actually run australia run thank you robin all right um, thank you so much for coming back on with me today okay pleasure seasoned athletes i want to personally invite you to join me for my upcoming free age like an athlete webinar taking place on thursday october 15th at 12 p.m pacific time in this virtual masterclass, i'll show you how stepping into new challenges can help you think bigger dream bolder and live ageless so if you want to move from being inspired by seasoned athletes to live in that life, this webinar will show you the way. Reserve your spot now at robinleggett.com slash webinar.